Hello and welcome to the Investment Week podcast for September, where we will be talking about one of the key stories that has hit the headlines this month, which has been around absolute return funds. I'm your host, Anna Fedorova. I am the news editor of Investment Week. Investment Week has been the premier publication serving professional investors in the UK since 1995. You can find out more about us by visiting www.investmentweek.co.uk. In this episode of the podcast, we will be talking about absolute return funds, which have been in the firing line lately for disappointing performance, as some multi-asset vehicles in particular have failed to deliver desired outcomes to investors. Now, these vehicles have also come under scrutiny by the regulator, um, which is looking at whether they offer value for money to investors. Joining me in the studio to speak about absolute return funds is Laith Calaf, senior, inv- senior analyst at um, Hargreaves Lansdowne. Thanks for coming in, Laith. First question is, I guess money's still been coming into absolute return funds, but the performance has been lagging. So, so I'm wondering why they're still taking money in. And I mean, is this something that's happened before? Do you think, do you think we're going to see a reversal in flows or are they likely to continue? Yeah, well, I think uh, the absolute return sector has been taking in money for a simple reason, which is that there has been generally a feeling of risk aversion this year. I know that markets are, are riding pretty high at the moment, but uh, if you look at, um, you know, a lot of the commentary around you'll see that there's a lot of pessimism um, despite the fact that you know the 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 markets are 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 close to well in in the UK close to an all-time high Um, so I think that's the backdrop um, for uh, the money going into absolute return funds is that people are risk averse and the traditional areas that they probably go into um, which are cash and bonds are obviously not yielding very much at the moment and so absolute return offers them an alternative to those two areas which promises some measure of return which potentially could beat inflation which may be coming back into the system with uh, commodity prices rising um, and also the pound weakening so I think that's the that's the bit of the portfolio of an investor's portfolio that they're, that they're currently filling at the moment. And do you think we're likely to see a reversal in the in the underperformance in, in the near future? I mean, is is the performance at the moment is it linked to a particular point in the cycle that we're in at the moment? Well, I think I think the interesting thing at the moment is that the macro is pretty uncertain. Um, but I could probably have said that six months ago. I could have said that twelve months ago. I could have said that five years ago. And that's that's always the case. There's always something on the horizon. Um, that's you know going to end the world. It's a bit like Men in Black, really. Um, there's always something that's going to that's going to come at us and knock markets off their perch. That was Brexit. Before that, it was China. It was commodity falls. It was it was Greece. And looking forward, it will be the U.S. election. There's always a reason to be fearful. Um, now, I think with with absolute return funds, their performance is is very difficult to to, to gauge as a sector, and you really have to dig down into the indiv- individual funds and what they are doing, um, because you know if you look at the UK equity sector, for instance, um, you know the UK stock market falls, um, then that sector will fall, and some funds will do better than the other than others, but it's very difficult for a, a UK equity manager to make money in a falling market. Absolute returns a bit difficult for that because because you've got a very broad range of funds doing very different things. And so there is not one sort of key lever which, which um, you know, is um, a, a good or bad factor that, that drives all of their performance in the same way that there is for the UK equity market. So, you know, while the sector as a whole may have, may have had difficulties, and some of that may, may have come down to a challenging macro environment, um, 
uh, I think you know you really have to look at the specific funds within the sector to understand what is driving their you know good or bad performance. And what's the best way for investors to um, to s- sort of assess this? Um, then, be- if you're suggesting that it's not it's not that easy to to just look at the um, at the targeted absolute return sector, um, the IA sector, and and make a decision based just on that. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely not um, appropriate in most cases. I think to look at the absolute return sector as a benchmark for these funds because all of them are trying to do such different things. So, you know, the the sector average is a little bit of a random number to be honest with you. It's a little bit like the specialist sector where you have funds that are investing in India and also gold at the same time. So, the average performance of those is not really going to tell you very much about how well your fund is doing. So, it's a question of actually looking at the individual funds within the sector, looking at their um, performance Um, targets, what they're trying to achieve given the level of risk that they're taking on and also comparing them with their peers and by their peers I don't mean all funds in the absolute return sector, I mean other funds within the sector that are doing a similar thing. Um, And actually, I'd probably broaden that out to to other sectors as well and say there are lots of other sectors which contain funds which, you know, are largely doing the same things as funds in the the absolute return sector. Uh, And that includes the mixed asset sectors and the flexible sector. So, you know, particularly if you look at, for instance, Newton Real Return, um, and Troy Trojan, two funds run by different managers, run in different ways, but trying to achieve a similar thing using a fairly similar method. They're conservative multi-asset funds. One sits in the absolute return sector, one sits in the flexible sector. But I would compare those two as peers. So it's really about digging down into the actual fund itself rather than just taking the sector tag as, as a sort of uh, shortcut to what the fund does. So investors have to do quite a bit more due diligence, I suppose, on on those ones compared to to some of the other ones out there. Um, And which which funds in particular have been performing poorly then in recent weeks and months? I mean, it hasn't really been something that's been um, happening across the sector. And conversely, which ones seem to be doing better? Yeah, well, I think probably the more conservative ones have done quite well. I mean, I mentioned Troy Trojan there. That's done very well. Um, You know, the manager there has had a long-standing allocation to gold and to U.S. Treasuries. And I think, you know, probably, you know, all kind of macro allocators, I think, have continually um, been caught off guard by the continued strength of the bond market. Um, It's something that, you know, people have been calling the top off for many years. I remember Bill Gross of, of formerly of PINCO back in 2010 saying that the UK bond market sat on a bed of nitroglycerine and at the time uh, yields were around four and a half percent they're now obviously at around half a percent on the 10 years so I think that has really wrong-footed a lot of of macro allocators um, who've perhaps looked to alternative methods of, of, um, of delivering return but you know there is that old saying you don't fight the Fed uh, and I think a lot of managers have tried to do that and so far have, have proved unsuccessful in doing it. And lastly, for investors that are concerned about um, about the performance of these vehicles and their portfolios, what are the alternatives out there in the current environment? Well, I think that's one of the problems is that at the moment there's not much in the way of um, diversification um, away from an equity portfolio because your traditional areas that you would go into um, would be um, um, cash and bonds. But obviously cash is yielding you pretty much nothing at the moment. 
um and well you know bonds you know as i say they they have they continue to go go from strength to strength but still looking at a 10 year bond giving you 0.6% a, a year that seems to be quite a low return for a relatively high level a level of risk that you're taking on obviously not as high as the equity market but you're still taking on um some capital risk you know if you want if you potentially want to get hold of your money before maturity so there's very little in the way of alternatives so i do think you know absolute return funds and as i say broader sort of conservative funds which might might sit in the mixed asset sectors actually aren't a bad place for investors to look for that diversifying asset but i would as i say encourage them um to look at the fund fundamentals um and and perhaps look for for managers that have a long track record of delivering solid returns because that that really is the key and i'd also encourage them to look at charges as well because um the absolute return sector is you know really the the retail little brother of the hedge fund industry and it comes with quite often performance fees um and sometimes those can be okay sometimes they can be a bit of a heads um i win tails you lose situation so i definitely encourage to to investors to look at those two things long term performance and charges uh, as a way of seeking out value in the sector brilliant thank you very much leith for more information on absolute return funds and comments um please visit our webpage www.investmentweek.co.uk it's time for our news section where we will be discussing the regulator's review of the absolute return sector and looking in detail at the areas which have underperformed joining me in the studio is Hardeep Tawakli features editor at Investment Week now Hardeep the absolute return sector is is coming under a lot of scrutiny as as I've already discussed earlier um why why is this happening in August, as part of the FCA's review of the asset management market, um, the regulator said that it would also be investigating the absolute return fund sector. Um, so it's a sector that's been really popular over the past two years, flows have sort of reached record levels, and it's easy to see why. The whole aim of the funds is to provide positive investment performance in all market conditions, uh, and in many ways it's an attempt by managers not to get caught up in the volatility of, of equities more broadly. But the FCA is closing in on the sector due to the fact that despite all this money going in, more than half of the funds have actually underperformed the benchmark. Only a handful have returned double digit returns and that's this year to the 31st of July. And that is difficult to comprehend when many of these funds have really high fees. A lot of them have performance fees as well. The FCA confirmed last month that it would be scrutinising these funds as part of its investigations over value for money in the wider asset management industry. So um, what's the general feeling then? Is the FCA right to focus on this sector? And what, what's performance been like among, among the funds in the sector? Because obviously not, not all of them have underperformed from what we've seen in the figures. No, definitely not. Is the FCA right to focus on the sector? Well, it's not the first time these funds haven't delivered on their name. Uh, a couple of years ago, in 2013, the Investment Association actually undertook their own review of the sector and changed the name from absolute return to targeted absolute return, so the insertion of that word targeted. Uh, and really, that was to clarify that a positive return was a target rather than a guarantee. So overall, the sector as a whole hasn't performed that well. The IA targeted absolute return sector, it's returned 0.03 in the year until the end of July. 
Now, according to some stats from Morningstar, which they got for us, out of about 60 funds in the sector, just under half, 29, returned above that benchmark figure of 0.03. 31 funds, including the flagship one, SLI Gars, posted negative returns. Now, it's important to remember, these funds don't all follow the same strategy. You have everything in there from long, short debt, long, short equity, multi-strategy, global macro, stra macro strategies. So they are, they are aiming for the same thing. They do it in a variety of different ways. So you are going to have some that perform well, others that don't perform so well. As such, some of those at the top returning double digits in the seven months to 31st of July have been long, short debt and equity funds. You have the Threadneedle Credit Opportunity and the Artemis US Absolute Return. Schroeder European Absolute Target has also done well, as has Newton Real Return. All of these delivered above 10% returns on that short-term basis. Now, obviously, we shouldn't really focus on the short term. It's been, a, a, you know, a, a pretty abnormal return, in, um, abnormal year in terms of um, markets. Now, over the long term, the picture is obviously slightly different. First of all, only 26 of those 60 funds were around in 2010. And if we look at the sector as a whole, from 2010 until the 31st of July this year, the average return was 19.18%. Now, none of those funds at the top outperformed the sector average. But the funds that were at the top in terms of returns are completely different to those ones which were at the top over, over the short period that I mentioned earlier. So over six years to the 31st of July, you have OD Absolute Return, which is leading the way, and it's returned 16%. And SLI Gas has also done much better over this time period. It's returned 10.49%. So what does the industry think about the review and the sector's performance overall? Yeah, so we've had a lot of comment on this um, on our website. And, and, and I think as reporters, we've been speaking to a lot of people in the industry to, to get a view. Um, so people like Church House's Sam Little, he wrote earlier this year, that while standard equity and bond funds can ride market highs and lows and can claim to have done their job if they lose less than the market, it's not really a claim that can be reasonably made with an absolute return fund. And this is a really important point because of the impact drawdowns can have on long-term returns. So Little wrote that the greater the amount lost, the higher the gain required to break even. For example, a 10% loss in any one year would require an 11% gain to break even, but a 30% loss requires a rise of 43% to break even. In other words, even relatively short-term losses can have a lasting impact on long-term returns in these funds, which is why it is really important to consider those short-term performances. But then if we move away from, from performance slightly, we spoke to a couple of other managers ahead of this podcast. Um, and, and there are a few that believe the industry just has to simply evaluate what it means by absolute return. Gary Reynolds at Courtius told me that if investors are searching for a fund that makes positive returns in all market circumstances and, and one that ensures cash is safe, then there actually there isn't much aside from our absolute return that can do all of that. But the important thing is, is that in these absolute return models, once you increase any risk assets, you're adding a degree of uncertainty. And in some of these funds, and it's important to mention not in all of these funds, there's no downside risk there's no limit to the downside risk so in the absolute return sector there are some cautious funds that fall into the absolute return category which do limit the downside but as a consequence they also limit the upside it's just part and parcel of strategy but a lot of them don't now reynolds told me that is the, that he believes this is where the sector gets into trouble trying to get positive returns in this environment is just not honest and it's very rarely possible these funds are aiming for five percent above base rate 
that's a difficult ask in good market conditions. And in the current market environments, it just it's pretty much impossible, he said. So I think for many managers, so for, I think for many investors, actually, managing expectations is the key. A lot of these funds were launched after the financial crisis. It's when they took most of their money. People flooded into them thinking they'd go up and up each and every year. And that's always okay until it isn't. And that's the thing with these funds. Timing might be key. I think one thing that we can all say safely is that, that this review will go on and uh, and the, the scrutiny will continue. So um, we'll, we'll update I'll update our listeners and readers in due course. Um, that's all we have time for today. We would love to hear your comments and ideas for future podcasts. If there are any particular topics you would like us to cover, you can contact me via email on anna.fedorova, that's spelled F-E-D-O-R-O-V-A, at incisivemedia.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>